Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast. My name is Kelly Raymer, and I'm the host, producer of this podcast. I've been a computer programmer for 25 years. I was a filmmaker for 10. Now I'm a podcaster, mindset coach, tarot reader, and yes, even a prep cook. I'm doing all of these things because I love them. And I love this podcast, and I love listening to people's stories of how they got to where they are. Their origin stories inspire me and help me learn about myself. And I hope they inspire you and help you learn just a little bit about yourself. So thank you for tuning in to the Every Thought Matters podcast. This episode of the Every Thought Matters podcast is with my friend Kimberly. I could go through all the talking points of what we talked about in an hour and a half on my podcast. But I'm not. All you need to know is that she is living proof that every thought matters. She used her thoughts and her willpower to get where she is today. Tune in and you will be amazed and inspired by this woman's journey. Thank you for listening to my podcast and have a beautiful day. Hi, I'm here on the Every Thought Matters podcast with my friend Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Welcome to the Every Thought Matters podcast. Hi, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Well, it's Excited. wonderful to have you. And I've been following your journey a little bit on TikTok, which is where I found you. The hula hoop magic with the K, which I love that because <laughs> it's a different. It's Kimberly's magic because it's a K and your name is Kimberly. But do you like Kimberly yeah. or Kim? Um, Kimberly, you got right. it, though. You got that. I like that. How you figured that out. Yeah, it made sense to me. It's like, oh, yeah, that's why she did that. So tell us, you know, my audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, you know, just and then we'll get into the 2022 specifically. Okay, so my name is Kimberly. Um, I am a native of California, the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Literally could walk out the back door. I'm an avid hiker by nature, just from where I demographically grew up. And, um, you know, um, the last three years or so I spent journeying, you know, we raised our children for the most part. We have two still left in school. My ex-husband and I have a wonderful relationship. He's like my best friend and the kid's bonus mom is also a very good friend of mine. So we have a really good tight family. Okay. And, um, so they have a place in California and a place in, um, Texas. And, um, so I, I started going around trying to figure out where I wanted to be. I ended up in Florida for some time. And then um, I moved up here last December to Niagara Falls. Um, and uh, my background is um, as a, you know, dance instructor, sensuous dance instructor. So I've taught everything from pole dance to, uh, you know, belly dancing to hula hoop, hoop dancing and hula hoop fitness. And uh, so that's kind of where I led more the last few years is because more women will embrace, they, they do embrace the pole a little bit, like. You know, it's nice to get a housewife in there that'll come in and start learning how to move her body. But uh, they really embrace the hula hoop. So I kind of took that one just a little bit further. And that's what I'm doing in the year now that I can do it in a give back sort of a way, you know. And uh-huh. um, so here I am in Niagara Falls. And um, you know what happened to me here. So I don't know if you want me to lead with that or, or what you want me well, to do. Well, I, what fascinates me about you is a you're recovering from a stroke, which... yes. I'll give you some of my backstory on that because some of it's good, some of it's not so good. Because 
what most people don't know, and this is my PSA, is that if you've got anybody in your family that's had a stroke, that means you, your family probably has a history of heart disease issues. That mm -hmm. heart disease is not just a heart attack. It's a stroke, which basically clots something. And I've unfortunately, my father passed away due to a stroke in the stem of his brain. It basically left him as a vegetable some 22 years ago. And it was probably one of the worst days of my life. But I'm sorry. It's okay. I've, I have done the work on myself, which is why I'm a mindset coach. But the other part of it, too, is my sister, ironically named Kimberly, <laughs> had a stroke in 2014 that was directly related to one of those little thingies they put inside you to help with menopause. And those have a history of actually causing stroke. And she's like lost the right side of her uh, body basically doesn't work. And she has almost, she has memory, but her short-term memory is horrible. Oh, I can feel like, that. She'll call yeah. me and she won't know why she called me. Or, or, and so I've dealt with that in my life on a personal level. So that's what, drew me to you you know obviously i saw that i'm like who is this so i started following you on tiktok and what you have done because of your background and being truthfully in my words an athlete you're recovering very well considering so kind of i, I did on, play kind of professional softball um well oh, yeah you know, i do have that that kind of me i played pro, pro open a pro ball back in the day i got hit by an uninsured motorist so that was two years before the Olympics. So I ended up not being able to be at the level I should have been to be able to go on like with a lot of my friends the first year that they had that in the Olympics. So uh, that was really devastating for me. And then my life changed and I ended up becoming a mother instead, which is a blessing now. But at the time, I didn't see my life going that direction. You know, mm -hmm. so I do have that kind of will about me, you know, to be able to, to work through just about anything. And I most of it's mental, as we all know, it's mental. So um and I can't, and you know, short term. So I can't remember before I interrupted you so rudely what you were saying, what you were going to ask me. <laughs> I just kind of want to talk to you, and that's okay. I'm good with that. That's and my niece and I were texting, and ironically, she was a top level softball player in high school, like on the state, the highest, whatever that is. You know. Yeah. What position? Went, played for the nationals and all of that. Uh she was an outfielder, and she pitched too. Right on. It's really, really good. Very good, actually. But I kind of want to lead into, like, the stroke and when it happened and, and take your time. I kind of want to understand that so my listeners can understand that and also see, you know, how you recovered from this. But I think it's because of your, your athletic background and the hula hoop and the pole dancing and dance classes, I think a lot of that has helped you recover more quickly than most people who had a stroke. Absolutely did. Um, okay, so <clears throat> I'm fairly new to TikTok, obviously, but, um, you know, um, back in May, um, I taught a hula hoop fitness class, okay? And then um, my ex-boyfriend, boyfriend at the time, uh, was there with me. We were out in the parking lot. It was raining. Um got was getting into the car and I just um I couldn't really say anything he put me in the car okay 
And then, but I, I just couldn't say anything, but I felt like I was going to throw up. Um, I just, something weird in me just felt like I was dying. There was no control. I could not express myself. Uh, it was just this internal illness feeling that nobody could see. And so he figured something was wrong. So he came and he pulled me out of the car and he leaned me up on the side of the car. I couldn't tell him I can't stand here, you know, or anything like that. Um, we found out later. So I fell and then, um, I'm, I'm so strong-willed that I actually knocked myself out, got, woke up, got up and fell again. That is just, that's the crazy part. So what happened was we found out later at the hospital was that, um, I had an aneurysm that led to a seizure that led to the stroke and then a double concussion. Uh, it was sub, but it crossed. So it's kind of a weird kind of a, um, it's hard to describe only 200,000 people have the type of stroke I have a year and it's usually in younger people and most people don't survive. So my death rate from the very moment it happened was 50% and then another 24% within the first 24 hours. So my, my death ratio, I, I, I had a 26% survival rate. So, um, you know, the weird thing is, is I didn't see it coming. You know, there was no indication of this. I've always been healthy. I've always eaten pretty well. I, um, I have always taught fitness, you know, so, um, for it to happen to me, was pretty shocking to me. My father did die from heart problems. He was also a smoker, but he was a marathon runner. So it was really bizarre. Um, and he died almost four years ago. Uh, so that was really hard too. But so we do have a history of the heart disease on my side of the family. However, um, I've had six children and, um, as fit as I always was, um, I had preeclampsia with four of them and my fifth born almost died from the preeclampsia. Now that is an elevation in your blood pressure. Okay. And a lot of women who have this, and it's very there's not a lot of information on it in this country. More people, there should be more to prevent it because preeclampsia is a very big deal um, in women who are pregnant or having babies or post even. So um, my blood pressure got really up there and they were afraid I was gonna have a stroke. So I was in the hospital for weeks and my daughter was had to be taken very early um, and she damn near died too. So I'm very blessed that she didn't. Um, and somehow my levels got so high up in the way two hundreds and they don't know how I survived that without stroking out because yeah. people with the lesser numbers would become vegetables, right? They had two mothers do right. that and that were lesser than mine. And so I, I was very grateful to make it through that. So they say I may have been predisposed to this, uh, even though my, my technically numerically, my blood pressure numbers are pretty, are good. Uh, for me, they're taking them as a precaution to be high. So now I am on a medication. Now, post-stroke, I was given three medications, you know, uh, to leave with. And one of them was a blood pressure medication called losinopril. Um, I was on this medication. I'm still on the others for three months before I started. I didn't know what was going on with me. I started feeling like something weird is going on in my body. I feel like I'm dying. And, uh, found out through blood work and stuff that uh, my potassium level was through the roof and that losinopril was basically killing me. It was shutting down my kidneys and my, and my liver. And so had I gone another week without that diagnosis, there's a good chance I wouldn't be here as a result of that as well. 
And it's really scary because I've heard other people saying to me about that medication that they've had similar symptoms. You, know, you feel like lesions are inside your body. You feel like something's just invading you and it, and it affects your brain, you know, the ability, your emotions, and you're already screwed up emotionally from a stroke, right? So this just made it much worse for me where I just like, I went very dark and I'm not a dark person. And so I had to get on an anxiety depressant medication, which I'm weaning off of now because they don't really think I need it, but they needed it to get me through that phase. So that was really tough for me. I would say that was harder on me than the stroke, honestly. Wow. What that medication did to me mentally. My numbers. That I didn't. Yeah. Look at that. Look at what you, you like danced with not being here anymore three different times based on what I just heard. Is that right? Yeah. Childbirth and then that the next one and then the stroke. Like and yet here you are and I see you hula hooping on TikTok, which is just you're really good at that. You make it look so easy. You really do. Thank girl. You. You just, I just want to help people embrace their bodies, you know? Body positivity. Uh, and it's so low impact. Yeah. It's very, very low impact actually. You're right. And it's good because it, you know, I'm dealing with a, a minor herniated disc in my lower back right now. And I know from, I've had this before, you know, I've had epidurals in my spine. Oh, and I know walking good is for good while. for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, the hula hoop has got to be really, really good to keep that lower back aligned and, you know, healthy. To where those discs don't get all wackadoodle like mine is right now. Right, it does. And it massages your organs. It's just, it helps increase your flexibility. It's yeah. just a well, you know, I've taught everybody from beginners and I, and I work with professional athletes too on getting mm -hmm. their hips quicker for like fighting and stuff. So, you know, I have a pretty good background in that. I We work on women tightening their pelvic floor. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just such a wonderful sport. If more people would embrace it, they would, and the cardio is intense. You would not believe what it yes. can do for you, for your cardio, you know, just every aspect of your life. You can touch every part of your body with a hula hoop, honestly. Yeah, you could even tone your abs with it, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Your abs, your abs are the most important thing. The, the core is the most important thing that you tone okay. um, with it, but you, um, I don't know. I'm really not dressed for this, but yeah, you work on your core is your central for everything, right? So you work mm -hmm. on it in your core, but I also teach it where you, you, you work on your legs, your booty, yeah. you know, your arms. We're going to get back into arms. Now that I've, I've made it through the hardest part of the potassium poisoning, I'm going to start getting my arms back. As you see, they look like weenie arms right now. I have to gain the muscle back and it's going to take me some time, but um, we do everything in the lower abs. And like I said, the pelvic floor, and that's really important for, for women, their pelvic health, especially as you age or have children. Right. I, and I love, and do you have like a degree in this or you just, you've learned so much over the years and you've just accumulated knowledge, which either way I'm impressed. No, my degrees are in um, Eastern religious studies and humanities, uh, but okay. I've always been in fitness. So yeah, so I've just fitness has been my entire background teaching dance and being involved like with nutrition and conditioning and gym. So you just get certifications for those types of things. You don't get, um, you don't necessarily uh, have to have a full like kinesiology education for something like that. I went a different route. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, you know, I just, I'm impressed by it because I, when I watch you do your 
you know, your lives on TikTok, you're talking about what that can do and you're really educating people, even us dudes, you know, like, wow, it's that's for amazing. Both. Oh, absolutely, it is. And yeah. you need to work, and it's a, actually it's a fun way to, to work your core, too. So It is. But I, guess what I love about this podcast is you just drop something in there that just, wow, my brain went, oh, my God, this is so cool, because you have a degree in Eastern Studies? Yeah, Eastern Religious Studies. Now, my father was Jewish, my mother's Catholic, so... Uh, you know, when I was in college, I don't know, I just kind of, I was always leaning towards, I wanted to learn more about that. And so that's just the direction I went, that humanities, you know, and um, those were the things that were, I was passionately drawn to. I was very big in Shakespeare as well. Uh, I was a little bit of an odd bird, you know, I liked a lot of different things. So, <laughs> but yeah, luckily one of my daughters liked Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is so, it, how he writes the Pent, some, there's a fancy word for how he writes, but because he writes in like every five words, kind of a stanza. And there's a, I can't think of the word. So one yeah. of my acting coaches tell me that. Like, I didn't oh, know wow. you were doing acting. Acting, you go oh. to acting coaches. I used to. I've been a film producer as well. I've have I have an award-winning film that's out on Apple and oh. all the streaming platforms. Wait, what's it called? I want to check it out. I have to think about it because it's actually an anthology of ah. five, nine films that get this nine films, all with female protagonists, all directed by women. And my film is called Fragile Storm, which won a ton of awards on the film. Wow. You should uh, be promoting that a lot. That was 2014 for me. Like, when I lost my job as a computer programmer, because I've done a lot. I've, I've been a clerk. I've worked in the fields. I was a computer programmer, filmmaker, and now mindset coach, podcaster. And now I'm doing Akashic Tarot. So, because I'm more on leaning toward, I've always wanted to find my peace. Yeah. That peace that's right in, in your gut. That's now, what I'm I think I'm finding that. right now. Yeah, Me I too. can see. And I can see where when you first started going live after or even just doing videos that it was really hard for you to speak. And now no big deal for you. No big. Okay. So I mean, I'm you sure want me it to is explain a big my deal. Physicals? Do you Please. want me to explain what's happened to me physically? Okay. So sometimes when you have your stroke, the symptoms don't occur until it can take up to 10 days, right? Of some of the things. Uh, my, I didn't start losing my side here until five days in. All right. And I started going, what's going on here? This is just weird. Like I can't feel certain things. And um, so what happened to me was I lost control of, you know, a lot of my arm, I didn't feel, but most of the control of my leg, I did not have. Okay. Um, I have two fingers here that are still struggling. They're, 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 they have, they're numb. As you can see now, once in a while, you'll see me drop my hoop. I never drop my hoop, okay? I'm trying to trust my fingers again, but it's a connection between my brain and my fingers that I have to really keep improving upon. So I'll get there maybe, and if not, I can, you know, I can still do what I got to do. Um, my face, as you can see, it's much better now, but I, I've, been, I've been going through muscle therapy. Um, my mouth 
was off. It's still a little bit. This eye, and I've even had people comment on that. You know how people can be. And, right. uh, and then my tongue. So at nighttime, by the time I get to nighttime, I might sound a little more Southern to you or something because it just gets exhausted. So I work on muscle therapy for that. Um, I brought my own body back for the most part. I did get some help in California with a condition and nutrition coach afterwards. But here in New York, where I had my stroke, I could get the medical care I needed in the hospital. However, my insurance is in California and it doesn't cover a lot here. Do you understand? So I had to come yes, up with I my do. own concepts. Yet I could not fly to California at the same time. So they kept me on medications but they could do not much else for me. So I came up with ideas for myself with the hula hoops on how to work my body. And I did it not just, you know, I would lift my legs with it and all kinds of stuff because I do have that background and my body was strong going into the stroke. So I had that benefit. Uh, not everybody is that lucky. Um, and my mindset is just like, I'm going to do this no matter what, you know, with everything that I do, I'm going to do this no matter what. And there's nobody's going to stop me because it's my mind and my mind's going to control this. And so there was bad days and there was days where, I mean, I was with a cane, as you saw, I had mm -hmm. shaking all the time. It took me sometimes 45 minutes to go into the store from the car, but you know what? I would not give up on myself. And um, so I would continue to do that. And then I got to a point where I didn't have to have the cane, but I did have to be more cautious. Now, I still struggle with legs plasticity. Sometimes, like even my kids will point out to me, my gosh, mom, your legs just going, you know, it's getting better, but it still hurts. Now, leg spasticity feels like there's a barbed wire full of heat in your leg, just kind of gritting, going back and forth. And so the pain is so intense that a lot of people get super depressed about it. And a lot of people take their own, you know, a lot of people mm -hmm. in their lives from strokes. And uh, that's what I want to bring to attention. I don't want that to happen. There's hope for everybody. Yeah. And so, right. you know, I'm still struggling with this. I, and my short-term memory is terrible. I'm just yesterday for the first time, remember to go to my DMS when I got up, it was the first time I've ever remembered. I can write myself notes. I can, you know, take notes to the store, whatever, but you know what? I still will draw a blank. I was in line in Sam's and I was at the counter. Typically everybody remembers all you got to do is pay here. And I was like, what am I even doing here? I don't even know what I'm doing here. I had that kind of a moment. It set me into a panic. Um, and this is about a month and a week ago, it sent me into a panic. And then I got nervous to go out again after that. But I make myself I don't do it often. Uh, I go out about once a week to do the shopping. I don't like to be too socially overstimulated. Okay, because my pathways in my brain are different. Now they're still learning to connect and they're connecting differently because part of my brain is missing. Um, whereas I don't have the logic to play chess anymore. Currently, I want to get back to that because that was something my father taught me. And I want to keep being able to do these things that, you know, help me really think and be strategic, but I don't have that side of me right now. Just like I don't have the ability to read Shakespeare and take it in currently. So those are things that are goals for me. And, um, I'm just going to keep going out there, keep trying to do better. Uh, I just don't want to get overstimulated. Uh, my safe place right now is the Niagara Falls. That's why I'm back here. I'm healing here. You know, I'll be moving eventually sometime this next year, probably closer to Plano, Texas, for the simple fact that that's where all the resources and the help and the back backing that I need to bring this mental health awareness and all these different awarenesses that matter to me, body positivity, stroke awareness, caregiver awareness, which is so undervalued. And they're so yes. under-resourced. 
You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. You know, they go through so much and nobody really understands that. It's not just a person suffering or dying. It is the people that are providing for you. They're losing themselves and they're not getting mm -hmm. anybody to support them. So these are things that I need to work on. So I have to get to where I can, you know, so, but right now I, I go out to the falls to heal. Water is a natural spiritual healer and um, yes. it calms me. So that's why I'm here. That's why I live in Rockport, which is right on the coast, because the water is a healer. There's TikToks all over the place about how water is such a healing thing. And I love that you talked about caregivers because going back to the movie Fragile Storm that was written by this wonderful lady who was my first guest on my podcast 37 episodes ago. Her name is Carly Street. And Carly was a caregiver in... Uh, a small town about two hours outside of London, and she wrote Fragile Storm. And I remember reading the script long a year before I moved to L.A., and I cried because the script Fragile Storm is about the duality between a caregiver and somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia. And it's not grandma doesn't remember her grandkids' names kind of thing. It starts out very dark, but yet you end up just bawling your eyes out and I cry every time I watch it and I've seen it from the edit bay to you know final cut where we had our world premiere in Hollywood so in seven and a half minutes but it tells that story about caregivers gives you a perspective of what they go through and we were fortunate enough to have a and highly sought off actor by the name of Lance Henriksen who was in the movie Aliens opposite Sigourney Weaver and he was in Millennium, which is a is a long running TV show in the late 1990s, a terrific actor, terrific human. So wow, but it, I love that. It's a brilliant film, brilliantly written. I was just a producer, you know, and executive producer provided a lot of the funding for it too. And it, but I love that it, you talk about caregivers because that's important to you. And on a side note. You feel that overstimulation coming, just let me know and we can quickly end this podcast. I don't have a problem. We can have a part two some other time. So I do not I don't want have that any to problem right now. I feel good okay. being able to express and I, I hope that it helps other people. I get overstimulated so I. when there's too many noises around me if I'm outside uh, at the okay. store and there's nine million people. But this is important to me. I really want to bring a lot I know of awareness, you know. I where who did you just learn grit and determination i mean outside of my father girl, whether your father and well and he passed a couple of years ago four he years passed ago, three years ago said. almost four it'll be four april 10th hardest hardest the hardest moments of my life was losing my father um i was a father's girl um Aww. you know and um and he was there for me and my children all the time all the way every single day and um but my father from a very young age uh, taught me to be a warrior. Basically, he would not let me give up on anything that I would do. And he would right. push me to the point where I was angry at him, like in sports and stuff, like to just be, uh -huh. do, do everything you can. You have to, you have to practice your pitching on Christmas day. You don't get a day off. And I would be like, well, screw you. But you know what? I learned like <laughs> that really taught me to become, to find a strength that I would need later in life. I didn't know I would need right. the strength. You know, I almost right. died a month after my father passed, you know, um, I was out getting ready to hike at Tiger Creek somewhere in California where I lived at the time. 
And um, I stopped breathing. Luckily, there were other people there with me. Uh, I don't remember anything. I woke up. Um, I, I remember. I do remember something, but I'll tell you about that in a minute. Uh, I do remember waking up in the hospital, and um, my heart was fine. They had done all these tests. Uh, what almost killed me actually, literally, was grief. That can actually kill you. Okay, so they ran. They, I had to have a um, heart monitor on me for you know almost two months after that to test me because he died of fatal arrhythmia and his body was so strong. He was brought back twice and that's unusual, but his brain was gone. And he had a genius IQ and it was gone. So we had to let him go. And it was, you know, really, really difficult. But um, <laughs> when I did go down and I, like I said, I, I had an outer body experience and there was three lights there. One was my father. And I know they were them because I didn't see him in the physical form. I just saw the light, my father, my grandfather, and then my grandmother from the other side. So I knew when I woke up in the hospital, I was calm and I had no fear of dying. And I lived that way ever wow. since where I used to be more scared of that when I was, I was like, Oh my gosh, someday we're all going to die. Cause you know, anxiety does that to you. <sighs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, I took in That's a deep right. breath, but, um, but um, so, you know, I, I found a calmness in that. So I know my father's been with me all this way and, and um, yes, he has. you know, I've been very grateful. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a grateful person. And my, my purpose in life now is to uh, leave a legacy of love and just give back. Here's what I'm, I, I channel spirit sometimes. So I'm, you want to get back to playing chess, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So just set up a chess board, and play your dad. Write that down because you know we have to write things down when you have a stroke, you have to write things down, and then you still forget to look sometimes. Hey, I have not had a stroke and I have to write stuff down, so <laughs> awesome! Yeah, so, so uh, I'm learning from you still, and I know that that's a part of my history. And I, I know my sister's was due to, I'm sad to say that she never pursued any uh lawsuit, which makes me kind of mad, but because I would have sunk the the maker of that stupid thing but my dad you know i think i heard you say that he was on life support after his yeah right? and for like about five days yeah it was hard just it was may 31st 2000 got the phone call and he was three hours away from me he had a stroke 10 days later and he was a vegetable there's there's nothing in the world worse than that feeling to sit there no. and look at somebody that loves you hold their hand you know yeah. but the flip side to this is speaking of magic I do have to show you something so just I hang with see. me get a drink of water but I gotta show you something all right, I'll drink some lemonade. Yes. I know there's ways and the reason that I know there's ways that my father and interesting because there's another question for you. You said to your father, not your dad. Did you call him father? He's my dad. 
Well, no, what did you call him? Dad? Dad. Daddy? Yeah. Okay. I called him dad or papa for the kids. <laughs> I have this little jar. It's a ceramic jar. You can barely see it because the lighting's not that great. I'm trying to figure out where the camera is. This is what magic. does it say? Oh, I'm all about magic. I'm all about white magic. You know what's in here? I mean, come on. I'm half Jewish. <laughs> right. Your father. No. Pennies. He leaves me pennies on the ground. <gasps> really? So you. Yes. Okay. So that's the way he's communicating with you. He's letting that's you know correct. he's there with you. Are they usually that's in front correct. of you or behind you when you find them? Usually in front of me. Sometimes All right. Behind me. That's an so he's question. either leading your well because my father is always following my mother. He's always right behind her. He left a conversation we were having in a very vivid dream, and uh, and he would never leave me. But as soon as my mother walked out the door in this dream, my father left. And then I talked to my mother, and my mom goes, "I always feel like your dad's behind me." I I have very many really good dreams that my dad finds things for me, just things that people wouldn't believe, but they're true. You know. Oh, I agree. And my father visits me in my dreams all the time. I love all that. The and they're the most vivid dreams. Aren't they the most vivid dreams? There's always a message. Yes, they there. are. Yeah. I never know what the message is because I always go to that point where my somehow my subconscious goes, okay, great, he's here, but you know he's not alive. You know? So, yeah. like, I, somehow my subconscious wants to interrupt that magic for whatever reason i don't know why and really oh, you need to stop want... letting that do that i know i'll get there i've you i have a deeper meditative sleep yeah you're exactly right girl spoken yeah. from my little expert here <laughs> yeah i did pull up the name of that it's an anthology and it's called and if you got your pen and paper the edge of her mind anthology the edge of her mind on it's on amazon and apple and i can't there's another one that it's on but i can't remember it's only 3.99 for okay like nine films that's really and good deal one of them's actually. mine you'll see executive producer kelly raymer on it all that stuff which reminds me yeah anyway so awesome yeah but i love that and that's why I do this, and then all of a sudden, Spirit said, tell her to set up a chessboard. And so I had to relay that message for you. It wasn't, Thank that didn't you. come from me. That, I, I, I absolutely, you know, like I see Spirit, and I believe in Spirit. I see the dark and the light Spirit, depending on where I'm at. What's where, you know, like I've been in a place where there was dark Spirit. It wasn't for me, but I've been there, and that was terrifying. But I learned to embrace it regardless. But um, I do absolutely believe in that. And I love that you channeled that to me. Um, and I will definitely, I will do that. I just think, I think that'll be magical for you. Yeah, I and, think so too. Uh, do you have any, you should put a, something on your refrigerator with the word magic with the K. Or go to an app and create your own little design. I'm going to write it down on my refrigerator so I don't forget. These are my little notes over here. Yes. My listeners can't see it, but and I'll, but I love it <laughs> because I think that reminds you that you have magic. That's Kimberly magic. And considering mm -hmm. all of the dances with the other side that you've gone through, girl, you got a lot of magic. 
I'm very fortunate to be here. You know, I know that I face death a lot and um, uh, I'm not a cat. I don't have nine lives. So I know that it's been <laughs> divine intervention. I know that, you know, my Absolutely. family up there is looking out for me and um, I'm open to a lot of things spiritually. So um, that's my saving grace that and my, my determination, which I got from my father a hundred percent got from my father and I will not let him down. Nice. I will fight until the day I leave this earth until I'm holding his hand again, you know? So. How cool is that? It's cool. I have no fear of, of, of that right. anymore at all because he was there and for me when so I almost much... died. And your dad taught you the grit and determination. But... You know what I, people like rag on sports a lot because all oh, they get paid and all this other stuff, but even yeah. sports in elementary and junior and high school. I look back on it. I wasn't a good a sports star. I was a manager for sports in high school for four years and all the different kind of sports. But it taught me all about managing my time because I mm -hmm. had school work. And then I went, was a manager for football practice after school or the manager for the basketball practice after school or the manager for track practice or those are the you had a lot of responsibility on you doing that. Yeah. Right. I had to know, like I had to make sure all the cleats were in the, the right spot in, you know, the kit that we had. We had this giant black kit. And it's like, you know, if somebody needed a, a cleat change, it was me that was doing it. And I had to have the right, it, all that. You have to, it's not yeah. just carrying equipment and getting, you know, it's not the water boy. It's, you know, not Adam Sandler, even though that's a great movie, but. It, He's half my brother. <laughs> right, right. Chris McCaff. He is so amazing. But it, athletes, it teaches them, because the NCAA has this commercial that says only about 1% go pro, right? And right. the other go on to think, that teaches them how to manage their time. So when they become husbands and wives and fathers and mothers, they know how to manage their time because they had to for four years in college or for even one year in high school playing basketball. They're going to have to figure out how to manage that time because right. they're going to have work and they're going to have, and you've got that, like that seems to be in your DNA. Now, do you have any siblings? I have a brother. He's younger than me. And it's funny because at 31, he's 48 now, 40, 49. He, um, he had colorectal cancer. Now my grandmother had died from it uh, nine months before he was diagnosed. And he went all the way to stage four and he's still here. He has a claustrophy bag the rest of his life, but he managed to make it through that. So we had somebody looking wow. over him there too. So yes, I do have a younger right. brother, just one. That's this is running in your family all over the place. That is yeah. wonderful. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by that, but that's why I do a podcast because I want to hear about Kind of stuff but my favorite story about that is my mother when she was a, a teenager in high school my grandmother took a part-time job at a five and dime and basically like an old world war store right and mm -hmm. she would follow my grandmother around and my grandmother was doing sales because they needed extra money there was a catholic family and she said to my mother you talk to somebody long enough, you'll find something in common. And that's kind of why I do my podcast. If you talk to somebody long enough, you know, you'll find something in common. And just your grit is just so amazing. And we have 
similar stories about you know our parents so that's pretty incredible to me i did that was very unexpected and then you've got eastern studies which i haven't even talked about yet which fascinates <laughs> me what that curriculum was i mean what kind of classes did they make you take um you just you studied all the different religions you know buddhism and you know, uh, like I said, my father, my father is actually Jewish. So, you know, I was baptized Catholic, but, you know, so I was just drawn to that period. And so mm-hmm. basically you're just learning all the different religions over there where they have like Western religious studies over here, you know, or what I, I shouldn't just say over here, but Western religious studies people take, I sure, just sure. chose to take the opposite because of my background and my heritage. So yeah. and you, you learn more about the demographics as, as well. And it's pretty interesting, you know, all the way that people, what they worship, what they sacrifice, you know, there's just uh, the depth of their religion, you know, it's just, it's interesting, you know, just like the way the Buddhists believe. I mean, I have a lot, I, I share a lot of beliefs with a lot of different religions, to be honestly, to be honest. I, I mean, the same way. <laughs> I'm very, no, because I, I go down that, that rabbit hole about the, the lady I had on before this, uh, Helen literally was a preacher, preacher, preacher's wife, she baptized people. She laid people to rest, all this stuff. And now she's finally transitioning over to the spiritual realm, which is channeling spirit and just realizing that we all have divine energy in us and that we absolutely collectively are all are one. And in my personal opinion, everybody mirrors each other. Right. I mirror back to you something about yourself just as much yeah. as you mirror back to me, grit and resilience. Thank you. I get reminded about my own grit and resilience and my friend. In yeah. LA is like, you are amazing. You Because in 2019, which is too expensive to live in LA. So I moved out, uh, gave my roommate 30 days notice and moved out and moved here to Rockport. I didn't have a job, didn't have a place to stay. I had maybe a grand in my checking account. And I found a place to stay, found a job, and I'm still here three years later. Where is Rockport? Okay, um, you were talking in like in Plano, which basically is a suburb of Dallas, right? So right. basically about eight hours straight south of Plano. Okay. On the coast. You know where Corpus Christi is? Yes, you're down there. So you've got that nice humidity going on right now or no? Yeah, oh, no, my hair's man, not that frizzy. Yeah, no, that <laughs> oh, mine would totally be. That's why, you know, I get you can see when it, that when I wash it, it looks Jewish. <laughs> so right. I get that from my dad's side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i love that though i love that you because you have a thirst for knowledge and i think that's probably yeah. part of why your recovery has been so remarkable in my personal opinion it makes me feel sometimes inadequate though because like you know there's certain things like you can ask me certain things i can't remember i can't i can't always um put out what i'm trying to say or um you know like i just feel like because i have lost some stuff you know and so there is something, there are some things that still have to reconnect. I don't know if I'll ever be hundred um, percent. I don't think that um, my intelligence was affected in a lot of ways, but it was affected in the way that I um, translate, you know, so um, maybe a little bit affected. I don't know, but I'm working on it. You know, you have to go through cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a very big deal uh, it helps you with your emotional control and everything else, your emotional response, as well as having learning how to accept yourself, how you have to deal with life differently, how to explain to other people so that they understand you better. 
because people don't know. People just want to go, you know, people are always like, I'm sorry, or I feel sorry. I don't want people saying that to me. I don't need anybody to feel sorry for me. Yeah, I had a stroke. What to do? I could be dead. You know, I need you to just understand if I say to you, because this is what you're supposed to say before you communicate with somebody, I've had a stroke just in case something weird happens. Like if I laugh or if I cry, I'm very emotionally triggered now. I can't control those responses. I could laugh in an inappropriate time, but it's not because I'm making fun of something. It's just, I can't control that, you know? So right. we are encouraged to express that so that people understand us better. So I want to advocate for that. And for a lot of causes, just for the simple reason that um, people like me, a lot of them will be not, will be too intimidated to go out and explain this and, and to tell people that they've had it. They'd rather just lock up, pull up and uh, not deal with, with the human race. Well, that's not going to do anything for you in a positive way. We have to get back out there and live our life. And we have to show other people that it can be done, you know? So. Right. That's what I love about you though, because you're doing the showing and you're, you're letting mm -hmm. your actions speak louder than words because anybody can go and virtue single about X, Y, Z, but you're going out there and you're doing it on your lives on TikTok and, you know, and your videos and all of that. You're doing it. You're showing us by action the grit and resilience and what it takes to actually recover from a stroke. And Oh yeah. And it's not always pretty as you've seen some of my nope. stuff. It's just transparent. It's not yes, pretty, I know. but it's honest, you know, I, that's what makes you beautiful though, because you learn how to, you know, there was this Ted talk snippet from Brene Brown about being I'm vulnerable sure. and I know you probably know who Bren Brene Brown is. If you don't, you should. But she talked about transparency, and I've ever since then I've tried to get there. It's still, for me, my, in my journey, it's just never. Everything I'm doing is not a destination because I listen to a lot of law of attraction stuff, and one, one in particular by the name of Abraham Hicks, which basically I is, love her Esther. I love Esther. Yeah, like Esther Hicks channels basically spirit. The collective, yep. right? Channels so that positive. divine energy. Everybody that's... should listen to her. Oh, so do I. And one of the things she says is, "You're never wrong, and you're never done." Because no matter what you go, I mean, the worst thing in my life was obviously my dad passing. So how can you make that sound good? Like I can make it sound good because here's that guy's. Yeah. Those are pennies from my dad. Because you're open yeah. to it and you see it right. and he's there. So I'm never wrong. Yes, I lost him 22 years ago, but he's always, he's, he's right here with me. My grandmother, yeah. who died before I was born, has now come into my life. She's here. You know, she died a year and a half before I was born. And yeah, 58 years on Friday. She knew you and, before you were even conceived, you know? Yeah. And before, yeah, that's the interesting thing. And she was a medium too. She would read for, and I said this on, I've said this on most of my podcasts, but she was a medium during World War II and she would channel spirit and tell families whether or not their boys were going to come home. Oh, that's a tough responsibility right there. That's very right. that's my grandmother. giving. Though. How cool is yeah. that? That's I mean, a lot to be proud of right there. Well, that yeah, shows a exactly. lot of why you're the way you are. And you're such an empath, you know? What? It, I didn't understand what you said. What? 
Oh, you're such, such an a, empath. Empath. Very much. Yeah. And one of my one of my soapboxes is a lot of people confuse empathy with people pleasing. Oh, I know. Because That's ignorance. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And just because you want somebody else to be happy doesn't mean you're an empath. No, you're absolutely not. A lot of them can be narcissists. <laughs> right. And they're and it's fake. Right. I know. Let's get rid of those people. <laughs> well, people pleaser, I Dr. Venus Nicolino, she has a a relationship reality TV series on like A and E or something like that. For whatever reason, she follows me on Instagram and Twitter. And she came up, did this talk on TikTok, basically saying, and I think she put it on Instagram too, that people pleasing is a form of manipulation. That oh, hard I, for me. That, that's that sounds very familiar to something recently in my past. A hundred percent. Because manipulation, <laughs> there's like six very good indicators of a manipulator, you know. But that's that sounds. What are right. those six ones? If you can remember. Oh my gosh! I don't know if I can remember. You can. If that's uh, okay. We can look it up. Or six, but um, okay. I can't really I'll look express it. Up. it. No, yeah, it's, I, all it's right, so girl. easy to think about it, but to say it is different. But yes, there's six six very oh. big indicators of a manipulator, but they're usually yeah. narcissists. Obviously, here's the thing. I well, I'm a, I'm a recovering people pleaser, and I know that I I have. Over a period of time, for most, that was my coping mechanism as a child because my parents were divorced and my dad got the kids. So I was at the age of eight, I was separated from my mother. Which oh boy, was, that's like tough. my therapist tells, told me year, many years ago, which helped me, you know, basically that was a form of death in my family for me. So I processed yeah. my death. But my coping mechanism was people pleasing. I knew. That would keep the peace. And now I'm trying to unlearn that. I am. I know you're trying to wire your brain post-stroke, but I'm trying to wire my brain post-people-pleasing. Wow. I know I've tried that's to manipulate heavy. people to like me. But you know what? It's, but that's not a manipulation. But that's a different type of manipulation. That's more of like for comfort of something that you lost as a child. That's not you're just trying to, you know, get kudos and hurrahs. It's different. Well, it's trying to get a dopamine rush from somebody. Right. Basically, and I'm working through that, doing a lot of writing about it. And the latest analogy I have is like, when you get that dopamine rush from somebody else, that dopamine's laced with acid. You know why? Because it's going to burn right through that cup you're trying to fill. Yeah. And I'm wow. learning how to do that. Learning that that was a part of who I was. I'm not proud of it, you know, but it's, it is what it is. <laughs> but that's not something to be unproud of either. You were still a good person. You know, there's people that are not. Good oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I do have empathy because I never wanted anybody to judge me. Right. I grew up in the Brady Bunch. Literally, my dad remarried and we had nine people in one house. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's more. I had six kids. That sounds that you had more than I did in your house. Right. So I learned how to manipulate what I call emotional violence because there was a lot of emotional violence because, you know, I was the youngest. So the, the others were teenagers. So they rebelled against this, this marriage. They didn't have a choice because they were, you know, obviously teenagers, right? 
Right. They rebelled hard. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do what they did. Because I don't want to be like that. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get yelled at. So, but I had to do this. So now I'm trying to unlearn all of that. And I'm trying to re rewire my brain. And like I told you before, I don't, I've never had a stroke, but my card catalog, I call it my card catalog. You know, like if I'm going to go try and find, say, Grand Tarkington's image in my head, that's going to the card catalog, like the old libraries where you would go to find the card. Kind of right. like that. Your Dewey Decimal System is just a little screwed up. You're reprogramming your Dewey Decimal System, which is what the libraries right. used to use, which anybody under the age of 50 probably doesn't even know what it means. But it's basically saying that when you're going to try to find a reference card, your brain says, I can't find that. But three minutes later, your brain finds it because it takes a while for it to find the route to it. That's yes. Point. And you experience yeah. that day to day, moment to moment because of your stroke. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it doesn't find the route and I just have to accept it, you know? That's the hardest part. How do you yeah. do that? Because I, I get mad. <laughs> well, you and know, I try not to I, use I, my phone to Google because I think yeah, I got to find that. Yeah, you know, you try, but look, there's just part of my brain that's just not there anymore. It's gone. I mean, I can't replace it. Your brain does not grow back. So you have to look for different ways. And so my, I am reconnecting in different ways, but I'm different. So the, the only thing I can take from this that I can turn it into a positive is that the part of me is missing. I can reinvent it as a better person even then. And I already thought I was a good person. I, I've always tried to be, but I can reinvent that part of me to be a better person, no matter what I forget or what I remember. And I learned that in cognitive behavioral therapy, which, by the way, is not usually covered by most insurances. That's another problem. Cognitive wow. behavioral therapy, some muscle therapies, you know, caregivers, what they need. None of this stuff, none of this stuff is, is none of these resources are covered, no matter how expensive your insurance is. It's ridiculous. That's wild to me. I'm, yeah. If you do actually go back to Plano, let me know. Uh, I had. I will be. Uh, good. Well, you'll be in Texas, which makes me feel better. Um, oh. And I have a friend that was on my podcast. She's a doctor, uh, literally a doctor of uh, psychology. I think what she has, not not like a medical doctor, but you know, I put you in touch with her. Just if you needed some sort of networking. She's on my great podcast. And I absolutely love her. There is great I resources in love Texas. Her. Yes, there are. Yeah. And, and and not only that, there's more like there's stuff you can do like with chambers, hyperbolic or whatever that's called. And you know, uh yeah, and my chambers. insurance, yeah, and my insurance is covered, you know, Kaiser, I have Kaiser right now. And there's they have like out branches. Yeah. So in Texas, I get I can get just about anything done there. But I'm moving there because the kids, other mother, the bonus mom and dad, they have a place there. And, um, she is very resourceful and she deals with a lot of things, um, in the insurance areas. So she's going to help me take this to a higher level and, and bring other people in to help. And I, and I really need that, you know, um, because it, you know, I do get tired and, you know, but I, I'm uh, very, very strong winded. I can mm -hmm. keep going, yes, you are. but I need more help now. I need more help now, you know, um, to get this where it needs to be. Um, and I, like I said, I'm not asking anybody for anything. I just, I just want to get to where, um, we're noticed and we can be helpful to others, you know? And so whatever can be resourced, 
um, you know, in the, in the medical industry or knowledge or power. Um, that's, that's what I'm trying to, to, to do, you know? So that's wonderful. And speaking of the car catalog, like I told you about the lady, I told you that she's in Dallas. My brain couldn't find her name. And now my brain found her name. That's how long sometimes it takes. That's okay. And there's names, Dr. Nisi Moore. And she's, she's all in Texas, Nisi, N-E-E-C-I-E, Moore. And I could text her right now and she'd probably text me right back. That kind of, she's, but she's got a doctorate. She's got a life coaching uh, program that someday I want to actually do. So I can actually learn more about coaching people because I'm a mindset yeah. coach and I've done some training on mindset coaching. And, but I, I know that I'm never done learning because I love that. I freaking love to learn. It's you got to be a white belt thing. in everything you do. Even when you're a black belt, you have to remain a white belt in everything that you do. Because you're never done learning. And if you're done learning, then you're done giving, you know? Crap, I'm going to save that. That's beautiful. I've never thought of it that way. <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't know martial arts, but I do know a black belt better than a white belt. And white belt is not your, you always got to keep learning. Absolutely. That is wonderful. And if, no matter how educated you are, or no matter how much you're encouraging others or teaching others, if you're not open to learn more, well, then you've stopped. You're, you're, there's no peak. Okay, you're done. What are you able to offer others if you aren't willing to learn more? You know, and embrace challenge That's or change exactly as well. It. I agree. That's wonderful because I, I like that analogy, and I'm all about just a lot of people don't like memes and all of those other kind of things, but I like them because the more I see them, the more they change, re- rewire my brain. Humor helps every mindset. Absolutely. Humor is one of the greatest gifts emotionally for people. And um, it raises your spirit. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, more people should embrace it. I, I, I love humor. But, you know, even, you know, I have a sign on my refrigerator, whiteboard. I literally have a whiteboard on my refrigerator. And it says, do something your higher self will be proud of. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love those kinds of quotes. Yeah. They're very enlightening, very lifting. It's like going back to Esther Hicks. I mean, I tell people all the time they should be listening to her because she truly does take you somewhere and help you. If you're you're having a problem, you just look up what that is. You listen to her and she guides you through it, you know? So, oops. Oops. All right. Well, that's, that's great because maybe I can insert a commercial in there or something. We just had a little pause. So see how that works out? See, there you're you never go. wrong and you're never done. Right? Right. I'm so blessed to talk to you. I mean, and, you know, I was, like I said, when I first saw you on TikTok, I, I knew where you were at recovery-wise. And I knew that, and I use this phrase, I'm holding space for people because I do that. It's just what I do. And some people don't understand what that means. And like, it's just creating a safe space and a safe haven inside my heart for them to be themselves. And I can feel that you you with me, you, you treated me that way. You've treated, always treated me that way. Yeah. Cause I want you to heal. And, you know, I, 
think you're freaking amazing. You're young, you're beautiful, and you're going through something and you're sharing it with us and you're very transparent. Which oh, I know. Too I'm, much so sometimes, I, you know. <laughs> no, no. I. That's one thing I do want. Because, like, my, one of my friends said, you know, if you go out on a bender or whatever the next day, you're like, so, did anybody die? Nope. Did anybody get hurt? Physically hurt? Nope. Then, whatever. Yeah. Right? At the end of the day. We learn as we go. Yes. And that, you know, that's kind of how I look at stuff. Because sometimes to my detriment, but I, anytime somebody complains about something, I, I just go back to seeing my father in a coma in the hospital. And I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as that. And then right. I'm done. Or when I was a kid, one of the things my dad taught me and my mom, both of them taught me hard work. You got to work hard. And yeah. we were in the fields as kids. And I was from the age of 12, I've been buying my own clothes. He was a teacher. He was a m music teacher. And I say this lovingly, Father, but you were a better musician than you were a teacher. Well, and he well, was did you play any instruments? I played the trumpet. I played piano. And I was not good. Yeah. Oh, clarinet, I my, was good. <laughs> my dad's favorite. He was a reed instrument. He was really good at reed instruments. My favorite memory of him was probably 1984. He'd retired from teaching when I graduated in 83. And he said to me, he was just going to go out on the gig that weekend, you know, to play big band music, which Tommy Dorsey, you know, all that. I love big band. Yes. Right. See, the, you talk to somebody long enough, you find something in common. On a taxi. Right? We played that in high school. And wow. he was warming up a soprano clarinet. And he was doing scales. And his fingers were a blur. He's that good. Wow. <laughs> That's super cool. That's Very, unique. I like that. Yeah. But he started playing the violin at the age of five. So. Oh, wow. Quite talented. Brilliant. He had to be brilliant. Yes. I would think more. It's funny because I was born partially deaf, but I do think I got his. My one good ear has really <laughs> good sound recognition. Right. Really. I think I got that from him. That's amazing. Hmm. I'm, well, you have just got this great story. I'm so proud of you. I just like the body positivity. I appreciate thing you being so and, supportive. Well, what's not to be supportive of? I just think you're just this incredible human being who I'm, I love the fact that your recovery is going so well. And, but there's, there's obviously challenges. Oh, you know? every day. And your card catalog is kind of jumbled sometimes, but that's okay, because mine is too. I didn't, took me three minutes to figure out, okay, I had this woman on my podcast like a year ago. And I'm, her name was Drawing Blanks. <laughs> that happens to everybody. <laughs> I think so, because I'll go down that little rabbit hole, because we're so information, you know, Mm -hmm. That with so much information that 
that stuff gets put in your brain and it's pushing out the things that are important to you. Yes. Which is why I don't consume a lot of social media other than TikTok. I love TikTok because it gives me a way to express myself in a video format and it makes me real. I'm not, you know, Twitter or Facebook, I'm really not real. Instagram, really not real. But TikTok, I put my face out there and I look like crap sometimes and I don't care. We all do, but you know what? We can't care about that stuff because if we do, then what are we? What are we teaching the younger generation that, you know, we just have to be beautiful and perfect all the time? I mean, that's just or not or disingenuine. I mean, that's not that's not real life, right? And it's more about accept. TikTok helps me accept myself for who I am. Yes, and that's one of the biggest things we have to do, and we have we all have shadow work to do. And if somebody of tells course. you there's not shadow work. They're denying because I've got mine. I've got my vices and whatever. But TikTok helps me accept every part of myself. Like I've had to accept that I'm not a beefcake. You know, that really kind of bugs a me. A beefcake. Oh boy. <laughs> right. Are you serious? You Is know? that what you're talking? That's those are the things that, that affect you? Yeah, my stepbrothers were athletes, so I was always jealous of them. They had natural okay. Like my younger stepbrother was a uh, all-state kicker, even though he was a good running back and he was a great linebacker and he was a ridiculously good baseball player. I mean, he tried out, you know, the major league tryout camps, all that stuff. Right. They were athletes, and I would I love sports. I'm, I got down my vomit draft of my of a short sports book done, like twelve thousand words or whatever. So sports is always in my DNA, so it's never that guy. But now I'm starting. TikTok helps me accept that I have other things to offer. Absolutely, that's what I was going to say. You had a different path and a different different set of you loving sports and the way that you did the sports, like being the manager and all that stuff. That's a big deal too. Those are the people that nobody sees, but and nobody appreciates until it's time to appreciate them. That's really a big task to take on. So. You know, kudos to you for doing that. You know, that's a big deal. Being an athlete, you know, it's a lot of pressure. You know, you get to a point like where, you know, like everything is on your shoulders. Like, you know, like either you you win or you lose, you take, you know, you feel this huge amount of pressure. So you never really know how they're feeling either. And you know what? Um, We're all made for different things, different reasons. Like you said, TikTok is a wonderful place to express uh, when I first came on TikTok and I was like looking at people going, why are people lip syncing? I don't understand this. Or what is this stuff? This, this making. And then I started looking at it a little more closely and I'm like, I opened my mind and I'm like, wow, these people, this is brave <laughs> for these people to do this, you know, to do this stuff. I would, I, I didn't think I could ever be that brave. It took me a long time to come around to that. But now I'm like, there's a reason for that. Everybody's doing this stuff for a reason and it's healing and they're connecting, they're making friends. And then, you know, people like you and I can see through a lot of it that there's other reasons for certain people. And that's why we're so empathetic and we want to reach out. And we want to, you know, provide other things for these people because uh, there's a lot of also sorrow, self-hatred and, um, you know, depression there. So, you know, those, those are the people that I seek out. Those are the people I want to encourage. And then, you know, doing the fun, funny stuff. That's for me because I need to come out of my shell a little bit more there, you know. So I just yeah. try to be well-rounded there. Yeah, you yeah, you do that a lot. And I love that about you, you know. Um, 
And I think TikTok helps all of us because Absolutely. in, in heal, helping others heal, we heal ourselves, though. And that's right. the whole point. And again, you're never wrong and you're never done. And I, I always go to that like I'm never done. And that doesn't bother me. A lot of people like, but a lot of people take the word satisfied as content. And I don't see it as content. That's like, I had a moment where I wrote my journal today on my deck. And I'm like, I love my life in this moment. And I did at that moment. I was very satisfied. And I don't have this perfect life. You know, I'm broke like everybody else. And Nobody has a perfect kind of, life. Even the rich people I don't know. have a perfect life. They're some of the most broken people. They are. People don't like that's being empathetic. I see that people with hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah, they can fly their private planes and they still have problems too. They're just not associated with money. There's their problems are harder to fix because the uh, psychosis. If I, yeah. If I could give you a a dime sure. for every rich man that's come for me, I mean I would be a very wealthy woman, okay? I, I don't look at yeah. people that way. I look at people for right here. And I've learned to mm -hmm. love myself so much more now that I already know that what I will and will not accept in my life. That's why I'm single right now. Um, I'm not going to just like jump into something. I am going to wait for the right thing. I don't want to be a hamster on the wheel. I don't want to make the same mistakes I've made in my past. And I have to lead by example when I'm trying to, 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 to instill in other people. I have to do that as well, right? So, or else you're not yep. practicing what you preach. And you know what I thought my gift was always was really only just teaching women to be sent to centrally, you know, accept themselves and to, to want to, you know, move their bodies and their hips and to be sensual. That is my gift. Okay. That is a fact, but you know, now I've learned that there's so much more that I can do that I have become aware of because of what I've gone through this year that I feel like I'm so blessed, you know, like it's multifaceted for me now. Well, I could see you as a mindset coach, even just based on how you are, you've gone through life because think of all the valuable things that you've learned about yourself that you could help other people learn about themselves to where, when, you know, the, as Abraham Hicks calls it contrast, you know, mm -hmm. when that contrast hits, you're at step five, like, okay, it's contrast. This is some, this is a lesson. Like yesterday I've like, why did I, why do I have this back pain? What did I do to bring this back pain in? And I know what it is now right. and I'm scared to confront it, but I know what it is. I hope it's, it's not anger. a kidney stone. Anger. No. no, it's anger. Because I had to emotionally erase myself, and I was, I'm kind of mad about that. Because I had to do that. Nobody like comforted me as a kid, so I had, to, and it kind of makes me mad. Even though psychologically, I put the bed, you know, that divorce with my parents was perfect. It's exactly what should have happened. I'm very blessed that ha that happened. My life would be way worse if they stayed together. So. But there's still like I had to, I had to raise myself emotionally. Nobody took care of me. Right. Even no, people you were emotionally house. immature at that point, right? You and, and right. that happens. People get caught and trapped in that. But so yeah, you have to. Whenever you feel like that, remember like what she says. You have to be in your vortex for alignment, okay? And you step yes. outside of your vortex. So oh, and I yeah. do that too. We all do it. We got to get back mm -hmm. in there and, and, you know, go back to listening to what you, what you believe and what you try to, what you tell other people, because no matter what we tell other people, we mean what we're saying. And we do these things, we practice these things, but sometimes we're capable of stepping out of that too. And we need to bring ourselves back because somebody might not always bring us back, you know? So we have to be there for ourselves that way. 
And, and you have to be stronger in that way. And that's hard at times, but you know what? You have the power to do it. That's why you lift so many people. You're a very powerful presence, you know? I'm learning to accept that. And one of my pet peeves, especially I'm single, I've been single for a long time. Like if I ever started dating again, I'm not sure how I would react, be honest. Oh boy, I think the dating world's gotta be a circus. You know, I, I don't know. When I was down in Florida, all the crazy things, people that, the craziness that, that would come for me down there was, woo, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I, but here's the thing that I've noticed, and a lot of people complain about it, especially on TikTok, is it, what people don't understand is, I don't know how to say this politely, but you got to go into a relationship expecting to fail. Because you got to fail more. You have to fail a I few times. I don't agree with that. Okay, hold on. You not not I don't want you to I don't want to fail, but you've got to meet a few wrongs before you're gonna find the right one. Well, of course, of course. So I but uh, some people are so scared to take that first step because they fear like fear that failure. So they step back and they don't put themselves out there. That's right. where I'm trying to come from. It's like it's a maturation process. It's I, my favorite story. I was, I was reading this story in English class in college about this guy. He was so tired of being single and he was in college. So he started, he decided, I'm going to go ask 10 girls out and see what happens. So he oh, went wow. out, you know, right. And he thought going into it, he would get maybe one, maybe two out of the 10 to say yes. He got five. Okay. So you just, I'm trying to come up with a way to present that because I'm struggling with it as, you know, your reaction was a great reaction. It made me, it, it pushed me back. Like, okay, don't say that. That's really dumb, Kelly. You know? No, don't like, say that. Please don't use the word dumb to your, towards yourself. That's not okay. No, You're teaching other people to not be that, feel that way. You can't internalize I, that on yourself. Well, you don't deserve that. But I don't, I don't, I don't, it's kind of like I'm not a paper towel absorbing the water when I say that about myself. It's just like right. it's there and then I throw it into a, a hot air balloon and it's gone. Right, so, right. I used to always say I'm sorry, I'm that, sorry for everything. Right, whatever. And I just think you've got to know that you've got to, just my whole point is you got to realize Prince Charming or the princess, if you're lucky, it's going to be that person you just meet. But it yeah. may not be. And be be prepared for that. Be prepared. Oh, to I've had plenty of the frogs. And sift. <laughs> right. Exactly. A lot of frogs out there. So, yeah, it and, goes and both ways for male and female. And, right. Absolutely. And I go back and I don't look at the bad things about any of my relationship. I look at the good thing, you know. Right. My ex-wife was wonderful around the holidays. My birthday's, you know, obviously this Friday, which is November 11th. Oh, she'd always remember my birthday. Yeah. She would remember birthdays and then Christmas, right? And she was great at that. She was great at helping me organize my life. She was. She had so many great things. I'm not going to talk about the bad things because those aren't relevant. So I pull that from it. No. Dated. Had a long distance relationship with this girl in Pittsburgh. She taught me trust. We would go out and she, we were in Pittsburgh and we were 
at a dance club and a bunch of Pittsburgh Steelers were there and she was flirting with them right and left. But I just looked at her and I go, yeah, she's going home with me tonight. And she did. Right. And I trusted it because she was just being herself. Right. It might not you have know, been flirting. Woman, it might just been her nature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was just her nature. And I trusted in that. And I, you know, I've had girlfriends who are great in bed, but outside of that, that's no. important. <laughs> well, it's always important. You, you know, of course. <laughs> I've had those that were like amazing, but then you just start talking to them. And it's like, no, not so much. Right. It They're was just a flag, lustful interest. But, yeah. Right. But from when you're, when you're in a dating pool, you got to, and thank you for helping me through this because I've been struggling with this for about three weeks, but I'm going to push you to do things. it now. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what's great. Like, you find great qualities of women. Like, you are so, like, vulnerable. That's a very attractive trait. Um, I, yes, I am. Lady vulnerable. Helen, you are vulnerable. I love that. But I'm about strong you. as well. You're extremely strong. That's, that's a hard balance, though. It's it like is. balancing a hula hoop on your hips. It's kind of the same thing. Well, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You make it look easy. There's no way I could do it. But I had this gal on my podcast last week, and she elevated me. I've had two people in my life that I've known. One's one of my best friends in Pasadena, California. He's one of those few people that I could be around. And Love I Pasadena. always feel like I'm the, he's like my best buddy, and I feel like the king of the world. And Helen made me feel the same way. I'm like, what is when people elevate you, you want to keep those people around. And I've known absolutely Robert for 22 years now. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's genuine, you know? Yes. Yes. There, there's no BS. Yeah. Like with you, I know you're genuine. And then you're like, I feel the same about you. Flaws. I well, do. I've got I'm my so flaws. Many. I've got my darkness, but that's, that's okay. We all do. The people that shine the brightest light usually have the most darkness within their souls. Okay. Let's be realistic. We have been through so much, but we are still so empathetic and we want everybody else to feel good and to love themselves. So we just shine a little bit differently, you know, and um, that's why people are drawn to you, you know, because you have that about you. And it's a very wonderful quality to have, even in its loneliness at times. All right. Mm, yeah. I did. But that's yeah. the one thing I love about myself is when about 10 years ago, I was usually the one before I would, I would flirt with her and go out and then she would meet Mr. Right. And that's happened to me yeah. so many times, but now I embrace that because I know that's part of my gift. My gift is to elevate people to where they feel like they've got, you know, a little, they feel stronger about who they are. I'm, I'm really good at doing that. And I love right. doing that for people, men and women. But I you want the same for yourself. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm working through that too, because it's just like you, the scale that is like on the lawyer scale, you know, what I'm talking about where it's like this. Yes. And you got to balance those two out. You've got to be able to Absolutely. elevate other people, but also elevate yourself. And I'm learning to do that. When I'm sitting on my porch, you know, saying, oh my, I love my life. My life is not pretty right now. If you were to look at it from the outside, but it's very pretty from the inside. Right. 
Yeah, I, the weirdest thing, though, I had that TikTok video. I think you saw it. The one where is where I live. Yeah. 60,000 views of that thing, of just a video mm -hmm. where I live. And comments up the wazoo. Likes and favorites. It's just, okay. That was the universe going, accept where you are. It's okay. Yeah. I love that. I love That's how you're, you're insightful that way and you see that. You know, this whole trusting, like what you're saying for me, I'm like on a different level with that too, because, you know, obviously I'm single still. It's been like, um, you know, I, my marriage was fine. We were just more best friends than anything. We had our six kids. We were best friends. And like I said, the kid's bonus mother is, she's got my back more than anybody. So we have a really Aww. interesting kind of situation there. But, um, you know, the, the couple of mistakes I've made after, you know, you, you find out, and, and this is, for me, this is the way it's always been with most men is, you know, they'll, 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 they'll come in and pose as they're secure and who they are, or that they don't get jealousy issues or, you know, because, you know, I like people, I talk to people, I'm not like, I don't go out, I'm loyal, I am loyal to a fault, unfortunately, but, you know, like for me, and it was even presented to me in my last relationship at the end, after we lived together, and um, all this stuff, and I stood by him through all of his terrible drama. Mm -hmm. And he would say, you know, it was just lust, you know, well, okay, that's fine. I, you know, uh, I am going to be very cautious, I'm going to make sure that somebody takes me for what I am in here. Um, so I'm not stepping in anything quickly. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole like your pretty thing. I want you for this reason or that reason. I want somebody to want me for inside of here. So for me, I'm taking a step back myself. Um, and I'm really going to um, pay attention before I proceed because I don't want to be that hamster on the wheel again, doing the same thing. I want the next time to hopefully be forever, you know, so I have to do that. And that is also part of loving yourself and not letting people come into your life that don't value you for your, for your inside beauty, right? For it's only, right. only what matters on the outside. That's not acceptable. Yeah. I saw a TikTok the other day about boundaries, which is what that is. And mm -hmm. it blew me away and I can't remember who I'll, I'll look it up and find it and tag you, but it was really good yeah. because it's about how we have to kind of, it's kind of like a, a Kevlar vest. Basically we have, you have to have, you have to build your own Kevlar vest for your heart. Not that you don't yep. want anybody in there, but you have to. Selective. Selective, but you. You can't always choose like, who you love, but you can choose how oh you God, love no them. No kidding, right? But Whoa. you can choose how you love them. You so. Wow. So, well, no, you just have to be very careful. Like I said, I've learned a lot about myself. Like, look, I, I, like, what's the worst thing that can happen to a person? You stop breathing, right? So anything else mm -hmm. on that is icing on the cake. Everything that we've been through, every lesson that we've learned, it's either a lesson or, lesson or a blessing, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, all the lessons I've learned this year, I'm turning them into blessings so that I can open myself up for a better future and a better outcome, okay? What's the alternative? To stay down and, and depress or want to go back to your past or embrace things that, um, you know, attach yourself to an emotion, take this emotion and attach it to a person. No, that all has to come and flow naturally if you want a better future. So that's, that's just what I'm doing. That's what I'm about right now. And that way it. I'm able to I stay focused it. and promote what I need to work on, you know, and I want to work on helping other people. That's my, that's my future. That's my present. And that will never change. And when the right person comes into that, 
unfold, it will just happen organically. Yeah, that's, I love that. Because I, the same way, like I want it to happen organically, just so it, it just. Forcing things kinda, doesn't work. Well, it, that's, it's that whole thing, you know, attract, don't chase. Right. And by doing exactly. the great work on yourself and being aligned, like Abraham Hicks talks about, attract, don't chase. Just keep work because you're never wrong and you're never done. So you're never done wrong being in alignment. You will always have contrast, which a lot of people think, no, I will never have contrast again. Once I get the mansion and the beach house, no, it'll be, everything will be fine. And no, you're going to have contrast every step of the way. It's how you deal with it that matters. Right. And we're both yeah. living proof of that. You are. That's why I think you're just this amazing woman. And I think that's what makes you an attractive woman is that you're so strong. Yet. Your heart bleeds and you show it to us. And I think my heart bleeds for everybody even more. So I know, now. but I love this that. happens. I, I there's just even and I was always very empathetic and compassionate, but something yeah. different has happened to me where it's just. I feel everything deeper now, you know, and I don't want to stop that. Sometimes it's tough emotionally, but um, I just want to be any way that I can be a, a vehicle to help somebody feel better or get better or raise themselves up. That's what I feel my purpose is now in this life. And I'm never going to not believe that. And I'm going to always go forth just wanting to do for others. I have nothing to hold me back from doing that. And the only thing that can hold you back is self. Myself is not going to do that. I love it, man. You're so, so articulate and you don't think, I mean, with the stroke and everything, and you just dropped some serious knowledge right there on the back end. That was wonderful. <laughs> I lost a lot of, like I said, it's hard for me to articulate but, my intelligence. You know, and reading and stuff is tough for me right now. Just like when you ask me what are the six reasons, I'm like, gosh, I wish I could just list them. Sometimes I struggle and I will struggle. I can write it down. I can forget that I'm looking at it. It's just, you know, there's issues, okay. but I'm working on them. Yeah. There's challenges. Always. And there's going to be challenges for everybody. But what are my challenges Amen. compared to a lot of people's? I mean, come on now. I mean, I'm blessed. Come right? on I'm now. here. I'm breathing. Right. Yes. Amen. I'm not going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. I'm not going to get on a wheel of you know, nope. browbeating people, you know, or, and like I said, this thing for me, like men's mental health awareness is so important. Like I'm so blessed that so many men have come in and spoken up um, on, on the live feeds lately because, and, and the caregiver mm -hmm. that came in and spoke because they go through it and they have this stigma on them that they have to be strong and that they can't express themselves and they're not allowed to feel, they're not allowed to vent. That's not true. So the, I, I'm really trying to make a difference there with that we're trying to make a difference there with that to uh, make men know that it's okay to not be okay right and come feel free to vent and express please because you cannot just stand oh, yeah. there and be strong and you have to be able to feel and be in touch with your feelings well i because of my childhood i've always been in touch with my feelings but because of my childhood i had to navigate all of them and figure out what was good bad and so I'm like I said, I'm trying to retrain my brain to where I, yeah. my empath doesn't lead to filling my cup with somebody else because I can't do that anymore. It's just right. you have to fill your own cup first. Yep. You can't have to and fill I'm your always, own cup. Yes, ma'am. I do agree with that. Mm -hmm. And 
I just love talking to you. I could talk to you for hours because we could do this so as often warm. as you want to. I love this. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, you're just, you're very enlightening. You're very smart. Seriously. Thank you. I got that from my father. Actually, both my parents are very intelligent. My mother was very school smart and my father was just had a genius IQ. So I'm kind of caught in the middle of that, probably a little closer to my mother's side than my father's side that way. Did you watch the Queen's Gambit on Netflix? I did. The chest. Wasn't the girl that like the, the chest thing? Wow. I loved that. Most people don't like that. I'm like, tell my friends, you should watch this. They're like, they don't even know how to play chess. They don't care. And I'm like, oh my gosh, have you even read The Art of War? I mean, come on, people. <laughs> you, know? you ever listen to a podcast, listen to James Altucher, A-L-T-U-C-H-E-R. He's a wonderful human. He's out of New York. Jewish. I'm going to write this down. Ooh. A-L-T. James Altucher, he's friends with one of my friends that literally is on my podcast. Is he from New York Great City guy. or is he closer to Western New York? Where yeah, I'm he's at? New York City. Um, okay. And he ha- and he's a big chess player. Chess is like his thing. And when the Koreans gamut was like really popular either last year or the year before, I can't remember which, he had some chess people on his podcast. I think you would probably enjoy listening yeah. to him. You know, it might help me up my game a little bit. Right. And help I loved you, watching you know, her think about it on the ceiling when she would lay there in bed yes. and look at this and envision it in her mind. That was crazy awesome. That's I was crazy. like, that's really how you do it. That was wonderful for me because as a filmmaker, like, how did they do that? How did they juxtapose that? I know it's graphics and CGI, but that was so brilliant, brilliantly done from a filmmaker yeah, perspective. So much. And so. she was great. Oh my yeah. gosh, she did such a great job. That's one of the best things I've ever watched. And like I said, it's very undervalued as a movie for some reason. And I, I mean, or as a series movie and people just, um, you know, I guess if, if you don't understand chess or strategy, it would be harder to, to grasp it. But I think everybody should watch it and give it a chance. They should because it, it's chess is the side piece to the journey to me. Yeah. On that. And she's such a terrific actress because she was in a, one of my favorite TV shows called Peaky Blinders, which is set in uh, Ireland in the 1920s about a bootlegger. And she was in, in there and just like a totally different character than she was. She was dominating and domineering and she controlled men and all of these things. And it was so cool. Like that's so opposite of what she did in the Queen's Gambit. I'm like, nice yeah. casting people. Nice job. So she was so great. And she was, but let's, Wrap this up and because I yes, could sir. Talk for hours. I really could. <laughs> I have a live tonight at, at I'm doing a hula hoop fitness tonight at um at 9 15 and then and then at 10 30 we're going back to the mental health thing because uh, it's been we've been getting it's been pretty good, you know. It's been, been awesome actually. Yeah. So tonight, November eighth at nine fifteen Eastern Standard Time. Go on TikTok, mm-hmm. find hula hoop magic with a K. <laughs> Right. Yes, please. Really? Yeah, sure. Sure. Yes. Um, I would love that. And like, if you know, listening. we're just all here for the great. I'll have right? this uploaded today. I, this is oh, so no good. Worries. I want to get it uploaded as soon as I can. Wow. And I, I, I'm humbled by that. Honestly, I didn't know how, you know, if I would do okay here with you or not. And, and, um, you know, if I would give you any, any, anything helpful or not, but you've sure helped mm. me. So I appreciate it. That's, a, I guess, it's every thought matters and you're living proof of 
your thoughts changing your world because you had to change your thoughts several different times. Oh yeah. You know, brushing with the other side and you are like my poster child for every thought matters. Oh man. You know, maybe don't make me emotional right now. I've been going through a lot of emotions with all this stuff we've been talking about on the lives and stuff. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you. You've always been there for me. You've always encouraged me and, you know, just so selflessly, you know, and I appreciate that. Well, it, a little selfish, but you know, I'm, I'm like everybody else. I like the attention too. So it works. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I'm not going to shy away from that. Hell no. <laughs> well, anytime you want to do this, I'm turn- up for it. So good. Cause we will. Cause I love talking to you. You're, I could just close my eyes and just have a conversation with you and I'd be happy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're do so you want to leave any of my, my listeners with any words of wisdom? What's the, okay. What's the most powerful quote that helped you through all of this? Oh, you're going to ask me to quote if things. You can remember. Frame. I don't really think to quotes that help me. I do love quotes. What, it, um, what but is I it? I go with quotes. Is your father? For, what is it that really helped you get through all of this? What one thing helped you? Um, will. I love it. Just will. Will and faith in myself and honestly finding self-love again, you know, and at a deeper level than I ever had before. If you don't have self-love, you're not going to accomplish anything positive for yourself and you're not going to be able to do anything positive for anybody else because you have nothing to offer if you don't love yourself. Oh, good. I like the word will because my middle name's William. So that works. (laughs) Always will. You have to have the willpower. If you have the willpower, uh, you can make it through anything. You may not make it the way you want to make it or the way you envision it, but if you have the willpower and the determination, you can push through anything to become or do anything that you say that you are. Yeah. And that's funny because it channeled my thought like my Italian wife in our beach house in Italy. I, that's what I want to manifest, but I know that's not what's going to happen because I just don't. That's what not manifesting think. though. That's not manifesting by saying, I know that's not going to happen. You have to project no, well, it and believe it to happen. Well, it's not going to be exactly like that, but it's going to be like that. You know, Why can't it okay be like that? that? But you don't know that it's not know. going to be exactly like that. You got to see, that's where you got to take that little umbrella piece. that's still over <laughs> here. You have to take it off so that you have the whole sun can shine on you for that, that you want to manifest for yourself. Okay. This is why you need to be a mindset coach. You were just coaching <laughs> me very well. I didn't try to set you up for that because that's perfect. I, I'm going to take that home with me on home. But that's what Eckhart Tolle and Rome says. We are all going home, which is all yeah. going home to the divine, to the divine collective that started all of this. Absolutely. Well, I am blessed to have you on my podcast, Kimberly. You're wonderful to talk to. Very smart. I'm so amazed at your journey and how far you've gone. And I cannot wait until you have this whole collective behind you learning about themselves and learning what willpower can do to change their lives. So thank you. Willpower is everything. Willpower is everything. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I love you. you. You're an amazing human. And I'll see you on TikTok. And when you're ready for me to come back over here, just let me know. You bet I will.